Is it recording? Yeah, we're live. Okay. <laughs> okay, so welcome to No Name Games. No Name Games. And uh, this is our first episode, so I think it's important for us to talk about why we're doing this podcast, right? Like, why should anybody listen to us? Yeah. Because we're just two assholes that play video <laughs> games. Um, and Don't call me an asshole. Don't yeah. include me in your club. Why not? <laughs> I, I'm a very inclusive person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- this came to fruition. We are basically sitting in my backyard after working together for, you know, almost two years. One thing that you and I have always talked about was our love of video games, our passion for, for yeah. really just games in general and, and any kind of media that has to do with with games, so I, I was really kind of um, excited to do this because I've been a gamer my whole life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been a gamer since the Atari Twenty Six Hundred when I got a Twenty Six Hundred. Wow. Um, I had one, but I don't remember having one. Yeah, I, I just know we had one at my because I'm my older brother. He's like five years older than me, so he had one. Uh, and he remembers playing that Atari twenty what hundred? Well, so it, it could have been a twenty six hundred, or it yeah. could have been a fifty two hundred. It was the one with the little like it had like a little wooden, uh, yeah, band or something. Do you remember it? if it was like big or small? It was small. It was small, so it might have been the twenty six hundred, which was the smaller yeah. one, and that one also had a little wooden like panel. Right exactly. So I I, I don't really remember playing that, but right. my brother does remember, so I know we had one. I remember <laughs> begging my parents to get me this thing, you know, and uh, we had we had just come from Dominican Republic, yeah. you know, so we were here and uh, we, you know, we didn't really have um, too much to, to, to play with outside of, you know, the little toys and I had a bicycle, um, but uh, I begged and begged and begged my dad and we would drive by Toys R Us almost every other day. I mean, I think sometimes he would avoid driving by it. You know, just so that I wouldn't be like, Dad, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need an Atari, like, you know. Um, and then one day we ended up going to a store uh, called Zare. Zare. Yeah, it's an old store that doesn't exist anymore. It used to be, they used to have a bunch of them. Um, it used to have a little asterisk. It was an orange name. Okay. And we walked into Zare and Zare was having a massive sale. Like they were selling everything. Everything was on fucking sale. Like you could buy, you could buy a cash register if you wanted. It was like, we're going out of business type of sale. So, so one thing, I'm sorry I interrupted, but yeah. you just mentioned you came from Dominican Republic. Yeah. And let us, let's, our audience know that we're talking about Miami then, no? Yeah. We're talking we're about, talking Miami. about New York. No, so I when I came from Dominican Republic, I came to, uh, you know, we lived in Rhode Island. So we moved to Rhode Island. We yeah. lived there a few years. I was too young then to, and, and Atari wasn't even really a thing. You're talking, um, well, it wasn't a thing for me, but it was definitely a thing. We're talking <laughs> 1985. Yeah. Okay, so I actually, living in Rhode Island is where I learned about an Atari. When I came to Miami, when I was a little bit older, uh, I was around eight years old, then I started, you know, when you're eight, you also you also know more words. So, you know, you start to try to convince your parents, you know, that you need this thing. So that's so kind of like where the, I'm the whole thing about the store was here in Miami already. Yeah, it was already here in Miami. So yeah, I'm sorry, but I skipped uh, I skipped that's Rhode Island. But we're here, and you know, I just kind of like everybody else. I think everybody can relate to the fact that you know, at some point, you have to um, kind of ask for. Uh, 
ask for what you want, you know, uh, especially something like a video game console. And back in the day, um, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So it was like, well, I'm, I'm really asking them to go out on a limb to get me this thing. But anyways, my dad ends up getting it. Yeah, do you hear that sound? Yeah, what is That's it? a motorcycle. That's Sebastian. Oh, that's Sebastian in the, in the garage? <laughs> so sorry, guys. Uh, the, the mic is picking a motorcycle in the in the garage. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> that means we have a good mic. Yeah. I mean, it's picking up stuff from another dimension. Yeah. Uh, if we start to channel demons from another dimension, we're both expert Diablo players. Oh, just yeah. so everybody knows. Uh, not so an we'll, expert, but... Well, no. We're Torment players. Yeah. <laughs> um, So yeah, I mean, I I ended up uh, I ended up getting an Atari, whatever. Got a bunch of games at that Zare sale. Um, the games were like two or three dollars uh, a game, so I got wow. a bunch of games. I got you Good know Pac Man Asteroids, yeah, and um, went home and uh, never looked back. Like it was like I think about that moment when I went home with like Pac Man and played Pac Man and played Pitfall and played um, Asteroids. And how it made me kind of feel like, I, yeah. I mean, I was in a new world, basically living yeah. in Miami, uh, <laughs> fish out of water, basically, um, you know, not having really any friends. Uh, so my friend was my Atari. Oh, wow. Know? And so that was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, so that was the beginning of the, of the journey for me for, for games. But what about you? Uh, my story is a little bit weird because... Like I told you, we had the Atari, but I really don't remember that. So I don't have conscious memory of playing Atari. Although I hear stories of me playing or whatever. So you um, have unconscious memories. That might be unconscious memories of playing Atari. <laughs> um, but uh, but then that was in Puerto Rico where I was born. Uh, and then when I was four, we moved to DR, to Dominican Republic. So. So there, it it wasn't until 1991 or 92 where I had my first video game console. Uh, it was the NES. Um, so it was all the Mario fever. And I remember that my mom wanted, wanted us to control, have a lot of control in, in the time of us playing games so she didn't yeah. she didn't want us to spend hours and hours and hours i think we all went through that yeah our parents actually my so. grandmother's line was <laughs> and i will quote her grandma rest in peace ese muchacho tiene un vicio <laughs> exactly you know, and it, it was because I, i had an addiction and yeah, I, yeah, yeah and it totally i think it could have been a, a real addiction although i'm not really sure i was not uh, diagnosed my grandmother wasn't <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's yeah. but she saw me playing a lot of video games. That's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was this control. So I had a big brother and the rule was that I had to ask permission to him to play video games. And I remember me waking up before everybody at the, at the, in, the in my home. We're talking about maybe four or five a.m. in the morning, just so I could play Mario. That's a dedication. Bit more. Yeah, you hear that, guys? <laughs> Everyone out there, you want to get good? <laughs> so get up at four a.m. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I, I. But then it it got a little bit, you know, it got a little bit more acceptance in my, in my uh, with my mom and all that, and I was playing a little bit more every time, and I was getting older. Uh, I was like maybe seven years old mm -hmm. so I was like a little kid or mm -hmm. whatever but then 
I, I was growing and she, I don't know, it, it got easier for me to play. And I remember my very first video game that I was very into uh, was Metroid. Mm-hmm. The very first Metroid oh, yeah, that came that to the so NES. Good. Yeah. And to this day, that's one of the kind of games that I haven't played all of them. And I'm going to give the reason for, for that. But I feel that anything Metroid, regardless of being good or bad, I will get. Yeah. It's yeah, just, just, I'm just... The nostalgia factor faithful. is overwhelming at this yeah. point. So I'm, I'm completely faithful to Metroid. So I played... Uh, that was my very... My favorite game. You played in the shit out of Metroid. Yeah, but the thing is that in DR it was hard to get um, games. Yeah, uh, La Cinta, como we call I would them. send games to my cousins. Yeah, I would send exactly. games that I didn't play to my cousins. And my mom didn't want to buy a lot of games to us. So what we would do? Notice is... what I just said. I would send the games that I didn't play to my cousins. So they, <laughs> they would. When I would go to the DR, they're like. Why did you send me this? Why did you send me uh, this Missile Command? I, yeah. I don't want to play Missile Command. I want to play Pac-Man. No, I couldn't send you that one. Sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> we didn't have a lot of games. I mean, by DR standards, we had a lot. My mom sure. will always travel and bring games, but we really didn't have a lot of games. Yeah. So, But there, it was harder to get games. We were lucky because my mom will, uh, will travel a lot to the U.S., uh, especially Puerto Rico. And... She would bring uh, games to us. Uh, I remember that we were asking for Castlevania. Oh, man. What a good one. And she didn't bring Castlevania. Mm-hmm. She brought a game that's called um, Castle Quest. Castle Quest. Yeah, of course. Castle Quest. It brought a huge map and everything. Right, yeah. We hated that fucking game. Why? Why did oh, you hate that we game? didn't like that game. Because to me, it wasn't... I've, I've, I've been always very visual with games. Mm-hmm. So... To me, looking at this little little guy and, yeah. and, and the movement of it versus Castlevania is yeah. this big guy with a with a what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, with a whip. With a whip. Yeah. And no, Castlevania. It was, was a whole badass. different and uh, you know the expectations. Yeah. Uh, but well, and we me, didn't understand Castle Quest. Let me pause you there because mm-hmm. I think that you kind of hit on an interesting note there, which is. Like, by the time Nintendo came around, Atari was already, like, so bad, you know? <laughs> like, um, and, and interestingly enough, you were, I mean, we're, we're about the same age apart as my brother and I, I think, more or less. We are five years apart. Oh, we're five years. Okay, so yeah. my brother is three and a half years younger than me, so almost yeah. four years. Um, so he would do the same thing you did. <laughs> he would wake up early. Oh, yeah. Um, and this, w- this went on for most of my childhood young adult you know teenager young adult life while i was living at home with my parents um to the point where i mean fast forward to you know world of warcraft like (laughs) 2006 2007 and um i was calling him from my office at elizabeth arden saying mike you need to log on for me world of warcraft (laughs) so that you can level up for me a little bit grind some xp because when i get home i need to pick it up so, I mean, I totally get that. And uh, I'm sorry that Big Brothers did that yeah, to you. So I'm yeah. apologizing for your brother. Okay? If he hasn't apologized to you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there. And the other thing I think that I think is um, kind of interesting, at least for us, and, and another reason why we're doing this podcast, is that, you know, we, 
we we can claim to have all these experiences and, and, and it's great to have had them. And, you know, a lot of people out there have similar experiences with Mario, with Castlevania, yeah. with Metroid. Um, I guess that's what we're trying to say also is that we're just, you know, we're a lot like, we're just like everybody else. Like part of the reason why we call the podcast No Name Games is because they're really, you know, they're, we're not trying to say that we're better than anybody. We're not game yeah. experts. You know, what our, our what we love is just the, you know, the fact that we have these games and that we can play them and that we can talk about them and that we can explore well, them. And we grew um, up with them. And we grew up with them. And so it's interesting to talk about how they shaped our our career choices even yeah. and our life choices. Actually, yes. You know, with life choices literally with... Like, am I gonna go out on this date, or am I gonna am I gonna stay home? You know, <laughs> playing playing, well. playing Resident Evil, the first <laughs> Resident Evil. And I can't tell you how many times I said I'm gonna stay home playing Resident Evil and get the shit scared out of yeah. me. Um, so, or, or or Wow, which is a, another perfect example. So, I think it's refreshing for for people to hear. You know, I don't think gamers it, gamers aren't inherently um, what what is the word um, extroverts. I think gamers. If you talk to a lot of gamers, and I've been to BlizzCon, you went to E3, mm-hmm. we've been to a lot of different conventions, you know, and, and if if it wasn't for the advent of cosplay, and even in cosplay, you see that you see people that, you know, do a lot of cosplay, they're still kind of shy, you know? Yeah, I feel like, a lot. You know, uh, you know and, and that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. That's very interesting, because that's a very, you know, revealing expression of art, right. and... Yeah. You're still, not only showing a lot of what's going on here, up here in your head, but sometimes even physically. And right. and to to that person to be an introverted person, and for this particular very specific thing, an extrovert, it's right. interesting. It is interesting. So it shows you how we as individuals could have been at, at one point really very introverted. And because of games, because of the way that games brought us together with you know with like you said even with your brother and with your family and 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 with people friends and outside of that people you met at school people you meet at work like how it brought us together i think that's the part that i would at least for me that means the most for this podcast is to just bring more people together through our you know ridiculous experiences with these games and to you know just it's time for games not to be taboo Right, exactly. That's and a perfect so, way of putting it. I mean, <laughs> games have been taboo for such a long time, and you can put any game in that category. Um, yeah. When I was growing up, Dungeons and Dragons was <clears> the work <throat> of the devil. I couldn't play Dungeons and Dragons because <laughs> the devil was <laughs> in the box. So, like, I, you know, I would be, I would be told. Um, I brought home the box. You know, it's got a huge red dragon on the box, and it's, it's like, pero Manuel, ¿qué es eso? <laughs> um, well, mom, this is Dungeons and Dragons, my friends. So, tiene un demonio. Es un demonio ahí en el cover. No, mom, es un demonio. Es un dragón. Un dragón. Que tiene magia. Oh, it's got magic. That's the devil. So, la bruja. Una, yeah. Oh, there's witches. There's wizards. Trust me, it's really cool. No, you can't play that. Yeah. Um, but luckily, my mom was more open um, to, to, to that because she knew that I was actually playing these games like D&D also, which is a great example, you know, with a, with a lot of... Uh, a lot of my friends who were also other introverts, you know, we were, yeah. we were just kind of hanging out, rolling dice and, and doing that stuff. So, um, something that and anybody that listens to this podcast can look forward to, I think is we're not just going to focus on video games. We'll focus, you know, the, the, the content will change, um, pretty often. I think, I mean, I think we'll have some segments that we, that we have planned on doing, you know, that we will continue, 
But I think uh, as far as the, the type of things we'll be talking about, the content, it's not going to be a catch-all, grab-all either. Um, it'll be focused on games. But at the same time, you know, we you can come at games from so many angles and go so many different ways that I think um, it just uh, it's just an opportunity to... Well, if you think about disciplines... Um, Is gaming a discipline? Well, within the creation of games that... I mean, you know, we can talk about games, how much we like it and how much we, we play it and how we play it. But there's also the aspect of the creation of games. And we're talking about a lot of disciplines. We're talking about storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about visuals, animation, acting, uh, music, sound effects. Mm -hmm. And the list goes on and on and on. I mean, AI. Yeah. There's so many things uh, you can talk. Like, I read a statistic yesterday that said that the gaming industry is bigger than the movie, than the Hollywood. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's been that way, I think, for a couple of years, but it's, yeah. it's incredible. To well, when the 2008, the crash, the market crash or whatever, the only industry that kind of uh, stayed, not, a, not, not afloat, I don't want to say afloat, but was growing after the crash was video games, What was gaming industry because of, you know, people, it's way cheaper people to buy a game stay home for a whole month playing that game oh, yeah. then going every weekend to the movies if you will uh, but at the, the thing time is, I was working for Bacardi and I can tell you that rum was also very oh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah what is it called um, yeah. rum recession recession proof uh, was <laughs> yeah. rum and vodka yeah, always uh, so people were, were were playing games and yeah. drinking and the the, the other thing <laughs> is I, I did animation. I, I came to the U.S. to do an animation, computer animation degree. And uh, again, that was uh, fed by my love of video games. But it's weird because I have a gap in my life in which I didn't play games. Because... You, you were know, oppressed. Uh, I wasn't oppressed. No. Uh, a little... <laughs> well, if I tell you the story, I mean, the story is that we had the NES, but then the SNES came out. And, you know, in DR, it, everything was late. Like, by the time we had the NES in DR, these SN, SNES was already out here by, in the U.S. By the time the popular. DR had the NES, like, uh, Japanese already, well, Japan and Nintendo had already um, created the Super Famicom. Like oh, it was yeah. literally exactly. already out. You know, yeah. Super NES was out and yeah. people were just getting a yeah. Nintendo and a DR. So, I was 12 by the time we I was asking for uh, Super NES. And my mom was like, Puta muy viejo para eso, yeah. <laughs> you know? Why are you playing video games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't, you're, you're big enough. You, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're a teenager now. So, I was 12, not a teenager, but... Right. You know, for in her mind, I was already too old for video games. Of course. Um, so from there, then it was like maybe three, four years after when we got, uh, you know, our first personal computer at home. And for me, it was about playing games. But it was a really bad computer. Oh, boy. It was, was it? really, really bad. It was a 386. Did it have a hamster and a, and a, <laughs> a mouse? It was an 8386 with maybe like... Um, do you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe like 16Ks of RAM. Okay. 
a video card of 512 kilobytes and a three 384 386 hard drive max max we're talking about max not gigs yeah and uh, the processor ran at 33 megahertz so that was my computer sounds like a nice paperweight it had one of the you know big floppy disks mm-hmm. uh, yeah five, the, the five and a quarter yeah yeah those are sweet <laughs> so that was my very first computer and i could barely run doom and that computer, yeah. it was it, it was it was like a frame a second, two frames a second, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But that's where I played Doom. I remember I was the only one playing Doom with the low res mode. Oh. I think it was F five. You pressed yeah. F uh, function five. F five was a. Uh, you low had the res, low yeah. res mode. Yeah. It was um, just more pixelated, but it was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I played Doom, yeah. and uh, let alone um, Mortal Kombat. I mean, I played Mortal Kombat, but that thing was like a frame a second. Well, I mean, go play Mortal Kombat now, and it, it doesn't look that great. You know, yeah. it's like, I played I played the shit out of this, and, yeah. and at the time, I thought this was the best thing since sliced bread. Oh my God, look at the blood. Yo. Look at look at this. Look at Scorpion's going to rip blood. his Blood. Okay, blood in games. Like, we need to have a whole... A whole uh, show uh, just about yeah, blood and games. Just about blood, gory you know, games. Blood and gory games. The I remember those times, games. bro. Yeah, I mean, and those were groundbreaking times. Again, imagine, you know, the very first movie that showed blood in it. Um, yeah. You know, was probably just as controversial. Or the very first book that had a curse word in it, yeah. you know, uh-huh. um, was just as controversial. Um, I'm a now big... shit is not censored. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because the FCC has... Has like you know this running list of words that they constantly censor. You're not supposed to say on the air, and shit was one of those words that I was like, that's a pretty bad word. You know, you tell people you're a piece of shit. That's yeah. bad. You know, yeah. um, shit is fine. Now it's fine. fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Um, that which is weird, but uh, I don't yeah. know what their rationale is. But um, but blood and games was like the shit. Right, it was the shit. <laughs> Yeah, Blood Engage was literally the shit. So, I mean, you know, fast forward again to today. And um, I think, you know, one of the interesting things also is that when when you look at the games that we're playing now in comparison to what you got with that PC, mm-hmm. um, it, it's the, that PC game, that Doom game. Yeah, it was a shooter. Yeah, it was pixely. But there was still a bit of a story behind that game. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. You're, I mean, I enjoyed it 100%. Yeah, I mean, and it was, um, you know, I think one of the other segments that we wanted to do that we talked about, too, was, you know, uh, platform versus platform, uh, which is an obvious one. But then um, how companies like Nintendo are focused on gameplay, even yeah, though they do cover yeah, the story. And yeah, again, yeah. going back to, you know, even going back to Metroid... And and a, and a company like um, you know like uh, uh, I don't know I mean you could even say from software which we were just talking yeah. about with Dark Souls like the story is so deep and so rich you know well, and, 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 and then gameplay can be really frustrating it's not like but I don't know if from software is the best example. it's the best example of a well rich because story. the story is yeah it's very deep it's yeah. very and there's a lot of symbolism in in Dark Souls that it's even philosophical and everything but it's very layered. 
because mm-hmm. it's not a game that tells you the story. Right. It's a game that you get the story if you're interested in. If you want to read every item description yeah. Yeah. or if you want to read, every, I mean, even go out of the game and read stuff online or wherever. Yeah. yeah. Even from Hiretaka Miyazaki himself just saying, oh, this is what this means. And right, it's exactly. Like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, I remember doing a lot of that research and saying, I'm going to have to read every single one of these goddamn items, you know, <laughs> to know what to know what the hell it does. You know, and I literally when I played Dark Souls, I was like, I want to be a knight with the biggest sword. Like it was so stupid. Like I didn't even, you know, I didn't want to create something different or I didn't want to create a magic user. I'm like, okay, I want to be the guy on the cover. I want to be the guy. I want to be the knight yeah. with the sword. Um, you know, but and then the story the, comes and kind of hits you in the back of the head. Like, by the way, it's not about your little character. You know, <laughs> I mean, he, he may or may not save the world, but um, there's all this other stuff going on around. Yeah, you. and and you kind of feel like you know, you're, if if you played that game, you know, you could be standing at standing in almost any single spot in that game and look around, and the scenery tells a story, mm-hmm. even just by kind of like looking oh, at yeah, an abandoned so jail cell or. Oh well, we know. can talk about that, but I wanna I wanna finish an idea sure. about the different topics we're gonna be talking in this yeah. show. Um, so we introduced all... ourselves a little bit, right? Yeah. We, we we talked a little bit about our history and why we want to do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's but, a good pivot uh, now to see. What I wanna finish is the, the idea of I was I was. I was talking about how I came to this country to do animation. And it's interesting because you were talking about the different topics and what the gaming, what a game um, as, as a creation, as, as an art, um, how many disciplines it, it includes. And what I, was, uh, what I wanted to say is that I came here and I did computer animation in an art school. And it was interesting because the only major that touched every other major in the school was computer animation. It's film, it's audio, it's music, it's um, uh, even fashion mm-hmm. because you got to design the, you know, the cloth and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the wardrobe of your characters, if you will. Right. And it was painting, it was visual arts, it, it was ev- photography. It was every single major computer animation touched mm-hmm. somehow and uh, and that happens with game adding interactivity right which is a whole new thing yeah uh, so it's interesting <clears throat> i think also you know and you just touched on it there as well i was i've been listening to a, another podcast so i guess i can plug their podcast um, <laughs> since we're doing our own but uh, i think that the mind and, and the mind and machine podcast um, which is a podcast uh, about the future of tech yeah. and uh, the future of AI and um, and all kinds of things like that. Um, it's it's really really cool. Um, but what I enjoy about it the most, I think, is you know, just to be self serving, are the episodes that talk about games. Um, there is an actual one of these podcasts that was done uh, recently where uh, I believe that the guy. Is now, and I was trying to look at my phone to find his name, and I guess I'll just follow up whenever we, uh, whenever we decide to publish who the guy's name is. Yeah. But he has gone from he he went from working um, for Bungie to working for I think he's working for Skydance Studios now. But uh, you know, Skydance, very famous company, yeah. hugely successful, and his job at Bungie was to design the outfits that, oh, yeah. that, the, that the characters wore. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that Master Chief was wearing. And uh, 
and and he went over to Destiny to create, you know, thousands of models of character clothing and, and different types of armor. And that is a job. That that, is not a not job. only is it a job, it's a really hard job. Like, yeah, and well paid. And, and a, it's obviously, it's a well paid <laughs> job. Um, it's a very important job. You know, think about how often Especially you're staring at your Especially with these games that are very... Uh, that are very focused on presentation. Right. Um, I mean, Bungie, all the games, their presentation is just so pristine. Right, exactly. And you games. see all this, this designs and Blizzard too. It's another. Yeah. And all these designs and because and, some games you see, uh, I mean, you were mentioning Dark Souls. I see the art direction in Dark Souls is so it's beautiful. Insanely but good. it's not as... It's not as expansive. Exactly. Yeah, if you think of what Blizzard's done just with armor, yeah. I mean, you lose, you, you totally lose your mind with yeah. all the different armor pieces you can, you can, you can get. Um, and even though Blizzard's style, like for World of Warcraft, you could argue still a little cartoony. All those art style, like all. But those, there's design behind everything. There's design and there's a reason behind yeah. everything, and, and and those reasons carry over into other games. Yeah. Like um, Hearthstone, like uh, Diablo, like Starcraft. Um, and that legacy is lives on through that DNA and that, yeah. that Blizzard DNA that they have with all their games. So I think that's a that's a really good point. How computer animation back then was really the intersection of all of these mm -hmm. other um, really other very cool but but one offs really from 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 computer animation. My background is in marketing, so I didn't. Uh, I was originally going to be a, a doctor. I wanted to go to medical school. I spent a lot of time working in hospitals, um, in executive internships and stuff like that. I was a real big fan of science, which is where I feel like the technology part of video games and the futuristic part of it is where is where I start to fall in love and where romance, uh, where, where video games tended to romance me. Because it was just interesting for me to, like, how did they get this into this little box, you know? How did they get this game into this yeah. little cartridge, you know? I was interested in the in the tech behind it. Um, so I did a lot of, you know, I, I mean, I was, when I was a kid, I would pull apart games. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people did that, but maybe I, <laughs> I, I did. I, you didn't do it? Okay. I mean, it, let me tell you, it was rough, um, you know, trying to put some of that stuff back together. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to know, like, how did the, how did the terminals work and... Um, oh, know. really? Yeah, yeah. Like wow. I was literally getting into these these things, trying not to break them, of course, but you know, at the same time, trying to understand them. Well, and, me uh, right now, I'm like that, but uh, because of because of me being an animator, mm -hmm. you know, my thesis took me every. I I I had I did my thesis in rendering techniques and lighting, um, in computer animation. So. <clears throat> Every, I, my thesis was composed by six scenes. Mm -hmm. Every scene took me around seven days, 24 hours, seven days, continuously, just hitting render, just waiting seven days for that scene, 15 second scene to be rendered. So you, you're talking about four, almost a month and a half yeah. worth of rendering, of rendering in my computer. So what? What? And you were using that old computer? Oh no, uh, you were already no, no, in school. No, no, no. I was already in. in <laughs> what in, program were you using? Were you using Maya? Maya? Okay, so Maya. you're rendering with Maya, and then I'm using uh, what, what's it called? The render engine, um, Mental Ray. Right. So <clears throat> I was using Global Illumination and all this, you know, 
on this fancy tech back then now they're kind of standard um thing is where i'm going to is that now when i'm playing games what i'm looking is that these games have graphics or visuals that are better than what i was rendering right. <clears throat> look more realistic even and they're rendering 60 frames a second. Right. <laughs> and it sounds insane. But... To me, that blows my mind. Yeah. So the same mentality that you had when you were opening the, uh, the games. Yeah. Up, uh, and I mean, in, in my the... defense, I would only open the ones that I didn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> my mind. Never it's... did it to Zelda. Never did it to uh, <laughs> like, any Mario game. Like yesterday, know? I was playing Spider-Man. Okay. The new Spider-Man Spider came out for PS4. And I was like. How the fuck is this game <laughs> rendering all these things? It's insane, man. I mean, it's, granted, it's 30 FPS still. Right. I mean, when gamers complain about 30 FPS and 60 FPS, I get it. I have a PC and I have a, a and I have console and I see the right. difference. And, you know, 60 FPS or over 60 FPS is always nice. But when I see... All the complaints and all the trashing towards consoles because they do 30 FPS. Mm -hmm. It's like, guys, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's gotten crazy. really crazy. It's so crazy. along that same vein, you know, I I've I've always <clears throat> I've always um I, and the graphics because growing up the graphics didn't matter as much to me because I had already played games like Pitfall and Pac Man and you yeah. know Asteroids and in, 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 on Atari when Nintendo came out. And a game like Dragon Warrior came out where you're just a little pixelated asshole trying to find <laughs> your way into little pixelated holes. And monsters aren't on the map. They just appear on yeah. you, you know. Um, I was totally fine with that. I was like, this is interesting. Like, I'm willing to, to mess with this a little bit. But um, I ended up, you know, playing those games, played a lot of Nintendo, played a lot of Super Nintendo, went through the whole game. And I think everybody's familiar with the evolution of every platform. And I think I played every single one. Um Get when you get to computers, uh, that's really when you know my my romance yeah. kind of like blossomed. And I said, I get this now, and I really you know I want to build my own computer, and I want to push my computer to do to to play the latest games, you know. And, and then that became a thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, more again going back to my traditional training, I'm, I'm more of a marketing person. But but the reason why I fell in love with marketing and, and left medicine to do that was because of my fascination with the human condition with human behavior oh and that's interesting what I, what I found is that the parts of marketing that I gravitated towards were consumer behavior and why do people buy things and why do people react to brands and um you know what does it why do the four p's even matter why what does price do to you uh, you know psychologically how does uh, a promotion affect you and um how do you get people to do things i mean that's really what marketing is trying to do um, outside of the whole finding and filling a need, you're actually trying to convince people of something or propose an idea um, and have them buy into it. So in that same vein, um, you know, the best video games do that seamlessly. Mm -hmm. they, they pull you into the story right oh, yeah. away. You're fully... Well, involved. nowadays. Nowadays. Like, you expect it. We're spoiled, <laughs> you know? Like, we, we've come a long way. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I think the best games do that in a, in a, in a real seamless way. Um, you know, and so I think... Uh, that would be, you know, that, that's what we want to do with, with this podcast. You know, we want to, um, experience games alongside people that love games. Um, we want to bring some people in here that are maybe new to games. Maybe have never played as many games as we have. Um, we want to bring in some people that have had, that have played, 
games forever just like us um, to give you their perspectives um, if you're looking for like tips and tricks you know we have our specialties I'm, I'm an MMO <laughs> junkie I guess you can call yeah. it um, you know I, I, I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft I have a lot of rank ones and, and, and things like that that I played on the PvE side um, you know and, and uh, I, I, I still play WoW obviously not at that level because um, I, you know, have a family and full-time job and stuff like that. So this is also another outlet for me yeah. um, to be able to kind of tap into my, my passion for games. It's funny because we have the two sides here. We have the the multiplayer junkie, if you will. Yeah. And me, that I'm a single player right. gamer. You, you like like just diving in on your own. Yes, you want to be yes. in command and control of that experience. Yeah, I, 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 I prefer the single player experience with a well-developed story. And that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I can do multiplayer. I do multiplayer. I play Destiny. Um, and I've been playing with you a couple of times. We've played yeah. even WoW and, and, and Diablo. But my main thing is a single player. It's a, it's a story-driven game. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite games are very story-heavy. Yeah. The Naughty Dog games oh, are yeah. my favorite games. Um, well, one of my favorite games. So. Yeah. The latest God of War is... Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like, <clears throat> MMOs, to me, like, MMOs are dying. Like, I just feel you like... Think so? I, I feel like they are. I feel like the, the hmm. genre is, is I hemorrhaging. So. Um, I see a lot of... I, I, I mean, I, again, I, I played WoW for 10... For I don't know how, how many years. I played it since... I played it since release. So I, I played it for an inordinate amount of time. The community was so much bigger than it was now. Um, you know, there were well, so many was more a, people around. It was a new thing. It was a new thing, and maybe that was part of it. But also the fact that um, the popularity now is, I think, shifted back to a lot of those single player experiences, like God of War, like Spider Man. You know, there's a lot of excitement. The thing is that the thing is that I think the MMO games shaped the industry. They could have because yeah. now this they whole thing of looking yeah. at we see games that are services. Yeah, <clears throat> you mean so, the business model of the industry? Well, the games now are uh, are you know SaaS is software as, as a, a service as, as a service. Mm-hmm. Now we have gas, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> games as a, games service. as a service. That's also a good name for this podcast. <laughs> gas, <laughs> gas, games as a service. Um, so yeah, but so. you see, I mean, I think I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a, a game historian, but. But you're just as kind of feel that, as any other game. Well, yeah. Well, not not very much. Okay, not, so we'll not better than you. But... We'll leave the eminently part out. You're definitely qualified, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it, it's it's shaped because now we see that there's a lot of multiplayer games, mm-hmm. um, and there's services basically. I mean, what happens with single player games and, and why I I'm afraid of them. I, Afraid in a sense, I don't think they're going to disappear. But the priority that big companies and big developers or developers in general are giving to multiplayer games, is it seems to be way bigger. And I think it's a business model issue or situation because when you have games as a service, let's say games like WoW or Overwatch or Call of Duty or those games, I don't know if I can call... Call of Duty or games, uh, game as a service, but anyhow, the thing is that people not only sell the game to their community, meaning their friends, because mm-hmm. 
they want to play with their friends. Right. So if I get them, I'll call you and ask you to get it. Of course. And call JM um, to say, yo, get on ask this. him to get it. And start getting people to... Not only that happens, which is kind of organic media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, word of mouth marketing. So exactly. going back to marketing, the best marketing is, hey, it's also it. I saw this, why don't you pick it up? That we are not going to play it for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to be years playing it yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, if it's a good game, exactly. you can expect yeah, it has you to can expect good, us obviously. to play it or to come back to it. You know, A single player game, again. most likely you're going to play for a couple of weeks, let's say a month or two, yeah. and you're done with and then it you're done. because you're, you're finished done. it. Yeah. And there's nothing more unless it's this huge sandbox game and you just want to our completion is then you want to do every single thing that the maps have that the map has but still it has an end point yeah i mean there's always a there's a even like what we were saying with new game you know new game plus you, even those games that that have an ending and, and allow you to come back and start again you know with zelda master mode um yeah you know it, it's still fun to go around again to do it again um you know, to, but it has to, to, to learn new things. Line. But it still has a, and let's let's be real. Like you already know the ending. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's like <laughs> the whole that whole magical aspect of the yeah, game has exactly. been pulled out. Um, you know, maybe you'll get a different ending if you do it on master mode. I mean, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. you do get some different um, content. Um, but that's really what it's all about. You know, it's about that content and, and, and does it does it resonate with you and is it fun? You mm-hmm. know, and so <laughs> that's part of what has pulled me away from MMOs. Um, but that's definitely a topic for another day. We'll definitely do like MMO versus all that other stuff because um, I, I, I really feel like uh, a lot of us that grew up playing MMOs have had to walk away from it. And it's been like a bittersweet thing because <laughs> either you're when you're playing these games, you, if, if you want to be good, you got to put a lot of time. Oh, into yeah. It, you know, it takes and a so lot of time. It takes time away from wife, child, yeah, yeah, friends, yeah, yeah, work. You know, so, um, you know, you have to, you have to know what you want and Mm -hmm. uh, you got to pick your battles. So, (laughs) you know, um, I hope that that gives everybody a good idea of, uh, of, you know, what we, what we want to do with the show and, uh, you know, where our passions are and and where we're going. Um, just to, just to follow up the, the fellow I was talking about is Tom Sanaki. He's a Pixar veteran. Um, he's the CEO and founder of Limitless LTD. Uh, building extraordinary new tools for creating CG animated characters to come to life in VR, um, responding to voice and other stimuli, interacting in remarkably authentic ways. So this guy uh, obviously um, is uh, a beast, and uh, he's on that Mind the Machine podcast. So if anybody wants to check out another uh, really cool podcast, I would totally recommend that one. I think it's a lot of fun. There's another thing about this podcast as uh, for me, at least for me, it's it's important, and is that what is that? It's like online in the gaming community, you see the YouTubers and all that. Yeah. There's apparently, the community has apparently developed an, an accent that we're not going to be using here, right? What do you mean? Well, you know, this accent of talking like this. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like uh, yeah, the, the, uh, let's like say the, we're talking about Zelda. Yeah, and when you get to the shrine, you have a puzzle to solve. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, it makes it, it reminds me of Riker. Um, what happened? A lot of Diablo. What videos. happened there? I don't know. I mean, I I think that's uh, it might be like a mixture of a couple different mediums, right? I mean, it it, it almost feels like uh, like. Uh, 
like a, a news a newscaster, right? A news announcer, yeah. right? But it's like a mix. It's like a, because I really, I really put time into this, mm-hmm. and I started. Looking yeah, well, tell for, me how you feel. Well, I, I the thing is, I heard it. I, I, I kind of. Pay attention to stupid things. So let me do Riker from Diablo. Like this is Riker, you know, and it's, his voice is awesome. Like uh, he's one of the. Re- I started watching his videos, and I started to kind of like his. At first, I was like, "Why is he doing that to his voice?" And then I realized he's not doing that. That's how he actually talks. No. And then I was like, "You know what? He's really good. Not only is he a great he Diablo player, really good. he's really good." So. <laughs> I was like, this guy's awesome. I'm going to follow this guy. But he, you know, he's got his own style. I wouldn't say that that's like the total YouTube accent, but that cadence, right? Well, it, 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 he has a, lot he has of them a little bit of that. It. A lot of them use it's it. It's kind of a mix of a newscaster and a, and a flight attendant. But it's, <laughs> it's not either one, yeah. but it's kind of the mix of both. Yeah. Uh, because if you look for both accents, you it's not the YouTube accent. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, emergency exits are in the front side <laughs> and the back. But this is a different accent. Yeah. And they slow down and go down and pitch. Yeah. So it's... it's And once you hear it... It doesn't sound natural. Yeah. yeah that, that's, the most, right. uh, yeah. that's the most annoying thing about so it. So that's where I'm going. We're yeah. going to be natural here. We're yeah. just having conversations. Yeah. We're we literally wrote ourselves. three things on a, note, on a, on a yellow sticky <laughs> yeah. notepad. And we're like, let's... Yeah. Let's just hang the fuck out and, and talk about video games for yeah. a little bit. And um, I think people will relate to us because we're not, you know, trying to be something that we're not. You know, we're yeah. literally just, we're not we work in advertising. Announcers. We're friends through video games. Exactly. Uh, we have the same passion for video games. And, and our, you know, what we would love is for, you know, other people to, to, to also come together playing video games and, and not, you know, and, and, and kind of use that, um the same way we used it here, you know, yeah. to, to bring and be together. part of it. The people to be part of it. Send us emails. Yeah, yeah. let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, maybe if you're here. I mean, we're in Miami. Maybe yeah. if you want to come and join us and talk. We're gonna talk us. about Miami. We're gonna talk about yeah. Cuban coffee. We're gonna talk about. <laughs> we're, one thing we're gonna talk about that I also have a lot of uh, passion for is how Hispanic gamers also in general are. I, I feel you know now going looking backwards have been almost largely underserved. Um, as there's a, a large and there's community. a lot of us you know there's a lot of us yeah. so you know how can we how can we bridge that gap for Hispanic gamers I'll tell mm-hmm. you one thing that you know is super apparent anybody that's listened to this podcast that has played an MMO with a player from Brazil or a player from Dominican mm-hmm. Republic in their group you know usually uh, your first reaction is kick this guy right because <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing um, you know so uh, I'm, I'm a Hispanic gamer um, you know, there's a, there's quite a few of us out there. I think uh, Manuel, you know, Manuel, el Hispanic gamer. Um, Manuel, yeah. el Hispanic gamer. I thank you for the YouTube accent. <laughs> yeah. So uh, part of this is also to bring awareness to the fact that you know there's a huge community out there that is kind of underserved. Um, you know, we're gonna come at it from the Miami, you know, uh, Latin vibe uh, yep. corner. So you know, if that also interests you. Um, in, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I think we'll definitely hit on that a few times. Probably more from the humoristic perspective. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because... Uh, <laughs> we make fun of ourselves. We really make a lot of fun of ourselves. <laughs> and, and we've been holding back, I think, for, for the last 30 minutes here. But, um, <laughs> but it's important, important, I think, to, to get that out there because, 
Uh, we gotta give a good impression. Probably. We have to give a good impression, and also, you know, all those Dominican gamers are gonna be like, "Mira esto, esto aqueroso, aqueroso, aquí hablando mierda." So yeah. Um, so I think with that, uh, I think we'll you know we'll wrap up this first session. Yeah. But uh, we want to thank you guys for spending some time with us today. Look for uh, the next podcast. For, We're gonna be posting every week or so. Right? Yeah, we'll post every week. We're gonna try to do at least one to two episodes. Um, a week to keep you guys aware. The next episode that we're planning on doing is going to be talking about. Uh, Tigre is going to be talking about, um, and I call him Tigre, but <laughs> we're going to call. Uh, we're also working on like our dog tags, our yeah, call signs. Yeah. I'm um, Fcos. He's Fcos. Um, I'm Manny Fresh. Uh, but so next time around, we're going to be talking about um, uh, Forsaken, Spider Man, and Tomb Raider, Tomb which Raider. are which are three hot items right now. Um, I'm also going to be talking about, uh, on the MMO side, I'm going to be talking about World of Warcraft. I'm going to be talking about, you know... Um, yeah, how you, how you ask for vacation. How you ask just for vacation play. time at work just to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> if you haven't mastered that, I can show you the ways. <laughs> My young powder ones out there. And uh, I'll also talk about um, some Diablo 3 news that I heard. That was really, really cool. I'll tease it a little bit. I, again, you guys know that I listened to Riker, so <laughs> he, uh, he actually um, started talking about this a couple of days ago. But one of the Blizzard developers of StarCraft, uh, this guy named David Kim, who joined Blizzard back in 2007 as a, as a StarCraft developer, um, and by the way, is also one of the top StarCraft players in the world, one oh, of the top wow. 100 StarCraft players. He left, um, he left StarCraft in 2017 to go work on another Blizzard project. So this guy is like the man at like balancing games and and player versus player content, Ooh. right? So where did he go? Hmm. He went to Diablo. You think so? No, I know so. I mean, I'm I'm almost like I'm like ninety nine point nine percent positive. So, so what you're saying is there a chance he didn't go somewhere? Yes, it's <laughs> possible he didn't go to Diablo. But um, if if Diablo is planning to announce at BlizzCon this year. Anything new, it might be like Diablo PvP or Diablo Arena or something related to um, something that Diablo fans have actually been asking for for a, a pretty long time, which is, you know, it's fun to kill demons, but sometimes I want to log in and, and, and uh, kill Fcos, and I want Fcos oh, to really? come in and, and beat up Manny Fresh for like 20 minutes with oh, his monk, you know? I wouldn't so, like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he wouldn't like it, but I think it'd be awesome going around... Um, going around sanctuary Hi, ganking a vicious people. strike yeah a vicious strike out of nowhere like a little ganking party running around sanctuary um, that sounds like a lot of fun to me oh yeah so, but I, I was kind of almost waiting for you to say Diablo 4 well I I don't want to say it because I've been saying it for a little while now <laughs> you don't want to so jinx it I don't want to jinx it okay jinx it. makes yeah. sense yeah <laughs> so yeah so with that um We'll catch you guys. Also, one other thing. Yeah. We'll probably have a better name for our podcast. <laughs> right now, well, it's the what no do you name think? Podcast. Give us names. Yeah. If you guys have an idea based on what you heard, we're open to suggestions. Yeah. I think gaming as a service is hilarious. Gas. Gas is <laughs> awesome. Gamers as a service. Ga or maybe because maybe, that's what we are. We're just gamers as a service here. Hmm, Offering maybe that's our a good one. Gaming services to the community. Nice. So, we'll Can see. you say that again? No. <laughs> Gamers as a service. Peace. <laughs>